So are you saying you can be a good mom without cooking all these crazy things from Pinterest? Is that what you're saying? I, I am, absolutely. And I think actually most of us feel like better moms as we get our houses to the right inventory for us and in this season. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Frugal Fit Mom podcast. Today, I have a special guest, a very exciting guest. It is my friend, Dawn, from the YouTube channel and website and membership group, The Minimal Mom. She has created this amazing family where she teaches everyone how by decluttering your home and living in a minimalistic style, you can reduce your stress, live more simply and more fulfilled and stop cleaning your house quite so much. So I am thrilled to have Dawn with me. You can find her all over the internet. Her YouTube channel is The Minimal Mom. She has a private Facebook group, The Minimal Mom Members Group, which does a lot more one-on-one -on -one assistance if you need help decluttering and organizing your space as you transition into living a minimalist lifestyle. You can also find her at her website, theminimalmom.com, where she has books, worksheets, and other resources for you. If you want to go check that out, it will all be available in the show notes if you are listening on your podcast platform or in the description box if you are watching the video version. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can subscribe to the YouTube channel if you prefer the video versions. I also have them available there. Without further ado, let's get started chatting with Don. Dawn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. That sounds so official. Thank you for having <laughs> me as a guest today. I should thank you for gracing me with your knowledge and wisdom today. For those that may not know who you are, which I suspect it's not very many people if they're listening to this, but in case there's a few, give like a super brief, we were in debt, we had too much stuff, I was overwhelmed, I changed my life. Give them your story. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. We were, um, eight years ago, we had four kids ages or in under, we were in debt. I was a stay-at-home mom. I was not happy as a stay-at-home mom. We had too much stuff. I always felt behind. And so it was about eight years ago, we found minimalism. And I just started getting rid of stuff. And over the course of the, the, the year after I found it, we got rid of about 80%. Well, I got rid of about 80% of our stuff. And I was like, oh my goodness, this makes every area of our life easier, including entertaining the idea of getting out of debt. Because... We go into debt buying stuff, and then as you rid your stuff, your house of stuff and clutter, you like develop this like aversion to buying it and recluttering up your house. So it actually makes it easier to get out of debt as you declutter too. I think that's so interesting because I myself did a declutter journey. No, not declutter. Well, yes, but that's not what I meant to say. A debt-free journey. Okay. Yeah. Quite a long time ago, longer than eight years ago. What year are we in? 2023, 14 years ago is when oh, wow. we completed yeah. okay. debt-free journey. Okay. And I would say we didn't have anything, so there was nothing to declutter <laughs> because we yeah. were just at the beginning and it was like student loan yeah. debt and some medical debt. And that's all it was. It wasn't credit cards mm -hmm. or stuff. Okay. So I've never actually put the two together. Sure. Like you have. So mm -hmm. in your declutter process and debt-free process, what are the, would you say, top three things you learned as you were decluttering excess stuff? I think, you know, probably one of the biggest things is that marketing is lying to us every single day, getting us to buy things that we don't need to solve problems that we don't actually need stuff to fix. And so my background is in marketing. I actually love marketing. I, I get super excited about it. Um, I've just decided now I'm going to market minimalism, not buying stuff. But 
when you look at what marketers do, they take a problem. So your problem is my child won't sleep through the night. Okay, well, you need to buy this noisemaker and this sleep sack and these special drops and these gummies. And, you know, the list goes on and on this course, um, you know, whatever. And then, then for sure, your child is going to sleep through the night. And then what do we do? We buy all this stuff, we put it on a credit card, and now we have this stuff and our child still doesn't sleep through the night, right? And it's the same with meal planning and dinner time and looking thinner and prettier and younger. And I mean, literally every issue that we have as women or we think issues we think we have, there is a product to solve that. And so because marketing is so in our face and it is everywhere we turn, it's very hard to get away from those messages and so we've all kind of grown up believing like, well, yeah, this stuff does make my life easier and makes me look better. And even though when we actually look at it, it's not working, right? Like the stuff, like the stuff that was going to make us look younger didn't actually really, the hair product didn't really make my hair that much fuller. Like I don't look that much thinner in my Spanx or whatever, you know, like all these things that we're supposed to, but then what do we assume, Christine? We don't say, oh, marketing lied to us. Oh, this stuff didn't solve the problem. We'd say, there it's must neat. be something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not using it right. Like I didn't, you know, whatever. I'm just, I'm too far gone for that aging product, you know, anti-aging product to help me or whatever. There's something wrong with me. And it's maddening because I just want to be like, no, no, wait, stop. This stuff never was going to fix the problem. If you go to a marketing company, if they take on your project, like you're selling, like if you're selling water bottles, right? And you go to the marketing company and they're like, is it a good water bottle? And you're like, sure. And it doesn't matter if it's a good water bottle or not. Their, their job is just to market it. So they are going to make it look like the best thing ever. And it's going to make you drink more water and it's going to make you lose more weight and all of that, you know? And no products are like really miracle products. Like nothing that we have in our life really actually fixes the problems. And it is amazing how as we declutter our house and get out of debt, all of a sudden, actually many of these problems <laughs> like start to go away and we didn't need the stuff in the first place. So I will get off my like soapbox now and stop my rant so you can um, talk as well. But it's so <laughs> frustrating to me. Let me ask you a follow-up question to that. As you were talking, I was thinking about how you're describing how we buy things to fix problems that we have or think we have. Do you feel like this is primarily a woman issue? And do you think that it's because women hold on to a lot more guilt in general, whether we're yeah. moms or not moms or, or yeah. what, what is it that makes us do that? I think we are by and large the managers of the household. And I think we have more problems to solve on a daily basis. Like we're just, we go, we wear more hats. We go in more directions. I'm thinking like back to the things like Tom might impulse buy. Yeah. I don't feel like he's marketed to in the same way or it's not the same types of things. And I do think as women, we're maybe more, a little more trusting of marketing and those messages too, or we're maybe more self-conscious about insecurities as, you know, uh, how we look or being a mom. And so we're more likely to turn towards those products to fix it. So that's a good question. I don't know. Do you feel like there's a difference between you and Dave, like who impulse buys more or buys into like marketing more? I'm not sure. However, I have spoken in depth with many women on a one-on-one -on -one basis, I'd say in the last year. And something I've noticed across all of them, these are all like moms between 35 to 50 years old, kind of in yeah. that range. Not a young mother necessarily, not an empty nester. And most of them struggle 
heavily with guilt. Yeah. They feel like they're failing. Mm -hmm. They're kids. They're not healthy enough. They don't make the right food choices. They don't make dinner well enough. They can't get the laundry Mm -hmm. done. Their kid can't read their name before kindergarten. So they're a failure because their career was a teacher. Like they they all feel guilty. They all feel like Mm -hmm. they're failing. Yeah. That was the common theme among Mm -hmm. all the women I spoke to. So I suspect women just feel more guilty and look for solutions in general. Mm -hmm. And marketers know that, right? Like they Mm -hmm. know our pain. Like, I mean, they spend billions of dollars. I mean, they literally do MRIs on, on people's heads to see like, okay, how, what color should this display be? How big should it be? Where should it be positioned? What image should we put on it? I mean, the research that goes into selling us these products. And so if anyone listening has fallen victim to this, and you know, I often say with decluttering, it's very stressful because we're confronted with every wrong buying decision that we've made, right? So then when you go to declutter, if you feel overwhelmed, it's because like, oh, I wasted money on that. I wasted money on that. Again, I couldn't figure out how to use it. I'm wrong with that. You know, it's all telling us like something negative basically about ourselves, but these marketers are brilliant. And so let's give ourselves a little bit of grace. If you have spent money, maybe you didn't have on it, or you have this stuff cluttering up your house, you were like marketed to very heavily and very strategically. And most of us don't know it. Like we're just walking around target, right? Like I just need to grab a couple of groceries. I'm not thinking of the fact that they have strategically placed everything in the store to get me to spend more money. Like they are literally preying on us, figuring out ways to get us to spend more money. So it is what it is, right? Like none of us are bad because we have this stuff now, but both Christine and I know how much freedom comes when you get rid of the extra stuff and you get rid of the debt (laughs) that goes along with it. Let's go back to your original declutter. How long did it take you from start to finish? It took about, yeah, about a year it took. And I would, I mean, that was pretty diligent, like nap times, anytime I had a little extra time. And my criteria that like the first few passes through my house was just, are we using it? Like, have we used it in the past year? Or do I know for sure that I'm going to use it in the next year? So I would only keep stuff like I was really trying to only keep the stuff that we were using in that season. And I really saw it as an experiment. I'm like, I don't know if this is going to solve my problem, but I could not believe how much better my stuff, my house started feeling as I was moving stuff out. And so then that propelled me forward to keep going further and further. One of your first videos I saw, maybe not the first video, but one of was something about decluttering your kitchen. And I can't remember if it was like declutter your kitchen in 15 minutes or like 10 things you don't need in your kitchen or declutter these items now out of your kitchen, something like that. And I watched that video and I'm not going to lie. I was like, that's a little crazy for me. (laughs) I already know what you're going to say, but for for people like me, like I love food. I love to cook. I find a lot of joy in the kitchen. We have six people. I'm not going to go down to six plates. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down to three pots. I'm not yeah, because I need my Dutch oven and my small saucepan mm-hmm. and my big one and my stock pot and my soup pot and my cast iron one. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I know you have different needs than I do, but for someone that maybe catches one of your videos at the beginning and they're like, Whoa, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> what would you say to that? Too far. Well, so here's what I'm learning is that when it comes to keeping our house, we can either have really good habits or we can reduce inventory. So here's what I mean. Some people do not understand me because they have the habit 
of loading the dishwasher every night, running it in the evening, getting up in the morning and unloading it. So they're like, Dawn, I don't understand how you get behind on dishes because just load the stinking dishwasher. And I'm like, right. But that means what you're not realizing is like you also have the habit of unloading it in the morning. And like that was always breaking down in our house. Like no one unloaded it in the morning. And so I can either, I can look at my wiring and I can put my energy into developing that habit and making sure we're doing that every single day. Or I can reduce the inventory. I can have enough plates for us each to eat at two mealtimes. And then guess what? You have to wash your cereal bowl tonight. Otherwise, you don't have a cereal bowl in the morning and you're standing at the sink hand washing it, which if you choose to do that, I don't care because either way, it's getting washed every single day, right? Because I've reduced the inventory. And so that's where we each decide what's best for us. Do I, can I put these habits in place? But for those who have not been successful with that, let's just reduce the inventory. And then the problem basically takes care of itself. And you can do that with kids' toys. You can do that with clothing. You can do that with craft supplies. And so it's like, okay, am I going to have the habit of tidying up and picking this stuff up every day? Or do we just have to have so little inventory that it practically takes care of itself? You're saying for people that don't have the habit, the fewer, the less inventory creates the habit. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. I was watching, I don't know why I get sucked into these, like I tried fly ladies cleaning routine yeah. videos yeah. or like I, I tried. Watch those too. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> It's all, it's always people who are like self-proclaimed messy and they try a routine and they see who works for them. Yes. So there's several routines out there. I can't remember which one I saw, but the girl said something about all the routines I've seen says you have to do your dishes every day. And for me, I don't understand that comment because I do the dishes minimum twice a day. Right. <laughs> like I, I don't even yeah. understand what they're saying. I'm like, there's people who don't do their dishes at least every day. Now, granted, I have a lot of teenagers right. and we, we eat a lot mm -hmm. and I cook a lot. And so you maybe enjoy I, and I enjoy it. So maybe I create yeah. more dishes. Okay. Which is fine. But I also really enjoy a clean kitchen. I've never had a problem right. with the dishes side of it, like keeping right. the kitchen clean. Mm -hmm. So explain this to me. How many people actually don't do their dishes every day? This is mind blowing to me. I think it's probably like two thirds don't and probably really? a third are pretty good about it. I think there's more than you think. For those of us who don't do it, we're very careful not to say anything because that makes us look like bad people. Like I'm a bad mom, you know, if I can't stay on top of it. And that's what, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier about how as women, we internalize this so much more, right? I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad wife. I'm a bad person. If my kitchen's not clean, if I can't stay up on all the house stuff. And we talked, I've talked about the silent to-do list. And it's this idea that literally everything in our house is telling us something to do. And when I realized that I was like, wow, like that is so true. When Tom would come home from work at the end of the day and the family room is just covered with toys, I felt horrible. Like all of that stuff was telling me like, you are such a bad wife. Like you can't even get your crap together to even pick up toys by the time your husband gets home from work, right? And so again, that's where we get to each decide how much stuff do I wanna have in my house? And if you feel like your house is screaming at you that you're lazy and you're unorganized and unmotivated, I would propose that you are not any of those things. You're just trying to manage too much stuff. And so I am not a person that stays on top of the dishes. And now I can publicly say that, okay, you know, in the past, I would not even say that because everybody does their dishes every night. But the truth is they don't do their dishes every night. And if you need to limit the amount of dishes you have so that you can stay on top of it, because now what happens, Christine, is that if every dish in my kitchen gets dirty and it's next to the sink, it's still not that much. 
So now I can look at that and be like, oh, that won't take long to wash it by hand or run the dishwasher. It would all fit in the dishwasher. And so now it doesn't overwhelm me. So I do, like most nights we do run the dishwasher now because it's so little inventory, but I had to scale it back before that was possible. Just to be clear, I'm really messy in other areas. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even want to talk about laundry. Listen, I don't want to talk about it. So that actually leads me to something that you said in a video. I would say most people who watch your videos now would state that you're quite a clean person. Would you agree with that? That maybe they would say I would say a tidy person. I would say I still don't like clean. Uh, It's only on an as needed basis. I still don't have like, like a cleaning routine that I follow. Tidy maybe makes more sense. There's very little clutter. It looks mm-hmm. very presentable most of the time, at least on video. Mm-hmm. It sure does. Yes. Um, probably because <laughs> you don't have a ton of inventory. But you said right. in a recent video, this really stood out to me, is that you, by nature, are a messy person. Mm-hmm. Totally. I just want to tell you that I appreciate you saying that so much <laughs> because I, I have been decluttering since 2020. Okay. I'm still messy. Yeah. I'm messy. Decluttering doesn't fix that, right? It doesn't, it hasn't changed who I am. And still when we go into busy seasons, like our house will start to look messy again. But the difference is, and have you found this, that now when the kitchen is quote unquote a mess or the laundry room's a mess, it doesn't stress me out like it used to because I know how quickly I can pull it back together. In the past, like nine years ago when our house was a mess, that took days to recover from. Like if people were coming over, that was weeks to prepare for. Like if they were Mm going to stay at our house. And now I know like we can pull the kitchen back together in 15 minutes. Like we're never, like any room is never more than like 15 minutes away from being totally put back together. You know, kids' bedrooms will go further, but like it doesn't cause me the same stress as it did in the past. So are you finding that as you lower your inventory and declutter that you start to feel different about your messes? Yeah, I I would say that's true. Like I said, my kitchen's pretty clean 90% of the time, except when I'm actively using it, Mm -hmm. which actually is a lot. Yeah. But we're really good about Mm -hmm. keeping on top of it. I keep the main living areas pretty clutter-free and clean, but Mm -hmm. my bedroom is a disaster (laughs) all all the time. I I just think there's not enough storage or maybe I have too much inventory. So we also then look at, again, the habit. And so there are areas that are just like natural clutter catchers that it's just like, yeah, this requires like daily maintenance. You know, a lot of people will be like, oh, the kitchen counter or the kitchen table or, you know, flat surfaces, you know, anywhere in your house. And so that's where it's always like, okay, do I need to reduce inventory? Am I being unrealistic? A lot of stuff, I don't know, that collects in bedrooms usually is deferred decisions. So it's Amazon returns. It's things that need to be repaired. It's I'm in the middle of a project, but I need to get it out of the you know kitchen because someone's coming over or that kind of stuff. And so being really realistic about how much time do I have to read those books, to do those craft projects, to fix that stuff. It is so much less time, so much less time than we think. Like I thought my kids are going to get older. I'm going to craft again. <laughs> no way. Right. I mean, you know that, right? Like it's a different kind of busy, but you don't have any more free time than you did when they were toddlers. I think I have less. Yeah. I think I have less free time. You know, those evenings. Well, yours are a little younger than mine. How old is your youngest? So we have eight through 13. Eight through 13. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm 11 through 18. I remember the evenings, like when they would all go to bed, mm-hmm. like seven. And I would mm-hmm. have like from seven to nine 30 chill. They didn't need me time with my mm-hmm. husband. That's gone. 
Yeah. <laughs> now it's awake, all though. gone. The second yeah. they get home at like two thirty until eleven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like this. It's all great. And so yeah. now when they when they go to bed at eleven, I still want my me time at the end. Of right. The day. I know. I know. It's like when do I get that now? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say I'm counting down, but I got eight years. <laughs> <laughs> before the youngest is out and then yeah. maybe I'll go to bed at nine once more right now it's not happening okay I have another question this is also about mm -hmm. cleaning I watched a recent video that you did on organizing your bathroom or your house or, or something like that mm -hmm. I think you were quoting Cass from Clutterbug I think correct me if I'm wrong you said okay. it has to be as easy to put away as it is to leave it out is that yes that's Cass, Cass? yep mm -hmm. so I have a I will challenge that statement <laughs> Okay. Yeah, do please, please, please help me with this. It's nothing's easier than leaving it out. Well, it depends on how <laughs> you feel about I'm, stuff left out. I'm talking like about my bathroom counter specifically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there are some things like, you know, Tom kind of uses one bathroom and the kids and I use another one and he leaves out his toothbrush and his deodorant and his hair gel all the time. And so I only put that stuff away if I'm cleaning or like I want to fully wipe it down or someone's coming over. So for him, that works. For the bathroom that the kids and I use, I don't like seeing any of that out. Like if that's out throughout the day, I just feel like, well, because here's the other reason why. Clutter attracts clutter. So if it's your okay. personal bathroom and no one else uses it and you're okay with that, it doesn't cause you any kind of stress, that's probably fine. Then whatever. But like the bathroom the kids and I use, if I leave my stuff out in the morning, they're going to leave their stuff out and then other stuff's going to get left out. And then it's, it's just all over. Like there's no hope for it. So that's where I have developed the habit of putting everything away after I use it because it's a, a communal space. And I know that it's just going to turn into a crap show if we just let it go like that. So you're preventing the buildup. Yeah. Is what you're doing. Do you feel like that at your house? It's like if something's left on the counter, then it gives other people permission just to add to it. Well, here's what's really funny. Like I said, I'm pretty good at keeping the kitchen clean and I do a lot of filming in my kitchen and everything will be spotless and Dave will come home and put down his keys and wallet and headphones and sunglasses right in the middle of all the clean, like he's, right. he kicks start the clutter. Yeah. <laughs> and then he hangs his coat and his, cause he has like a bag that he carries his laptop in cause he rides his bike mm -hmm. to work. And then he throws that over the chairs by the table. And I'm like, for the love. Mm -hmm. Yep. Can't, can't you see it's clean? He, I think he <laughs> creates the clutter. Does Tom create clutter? Because <laughs> my husband creates yep. it. Yeah. Oh, and, totally. And my kids. Yeah. What, what did my kids do the other day that was so crazy? They were like, is this yours, mom? And I was like, I think I said yes, maybe. So they set it on the kitchen table or the coffee table. And they were like, okay, here you go. And I'm like, that's not helpful at all. That's, <laughs> you like picked it up from the couch and put it on the coffee yeah. table. That's, that's the same. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Let me ask you, you're heavy into the social media life. You have YouTube, you have a website, you have your Facebook members group, which I know you love, but what YouTube channels do you love to watch that other people might oh. be surprised? I'm kind of a boring YouTube watcher. Um, I really enjoy that awkward mom and she does a lot of like, yeah. cleaning routine view. I think she's hilarious. Um, I she love is hilarious. Her. Otherwise, I don't know. I watch kind of the standards. I watch you and Cass and Rachel Cruz. I'm trying to think. I don't think I have a very exciting YouTube life. What I watch. 
I'm sorry. I feel like I'm disappointing you. <laughs> no, you're not disappointing me at all. No, I just think it's interesting what people watch. In research for a video, I uh -huh. was trying to pull this expert video on mountain bikes, on like Walmart mountain bikes and why you shouldn't okay. buy them. Because I, I wanted to be able to link his videos. And I went down sure. this rabbit hole of like <laughs> watching this dude's videos. It's all about mountain bikes. Okay. Because he's such a good storyteller. Yeah. And his editing is really sharp. And okay. so I was almost watching it from a storytelling perspective. Sure. And I think yeah. I watched like four videos with my son and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I, need do, I need to go do other stuff. Right. He was just so fun to watch. Yeah. I got sucked down. Is that you? Who else is really fun? Um, Kimberly from the Wads. Do you ever watch her stuff? I think she's yeah, sometimes. Like, I love putting her on when I'm making dinner or something. I just feel like I have a friend in the <laughs> kitchen. I, I do enjoy so. some of that long content when I'm mm -hmm. forcing myself to clean my room, which sure. happens about yep. once a week. Like, to sit down, put everything away. Think, yep. I hate making my bed. I, I hate oh, putting away laundry. Oh, I don't make my laundry. bed every day. <laughs> no. <laughs> putting away clean laundry yeah. is the worst job in the house. It's worse mm -hmm. than cleaning the bathroom, in my opinion. Yeah, so that's I agree the with one. That. That's the one that I'm like, kill me now. Laundry. <laughs> I don't mind doing it. I'll, I'll wash everything. I don't yeah. want to put it away. It's awful. I know. I agree. So I'll put on my like, kids do it. I outsource it. <laughs> you outsource it. <laughs> yeah. My kids do their own, but like, I still have to do yeah. mine. I was going to say, you probably go through a lot more laundry than I do. <laughs> so. Sometimes the basket's not even full. Like it'll be a couple days, but I've done mm. multiple workouts. So I'm like, yeah. my all six of my favorite sports bras are dirty in three days. Yep. Time to do another look. And you don't want to let those sit too long, right? <laughs> Not washed. No, Dave's pretty good about drying his out, like over the tub before they yeah. get in the hamper. I'm not so good at that. <laughs> Ew. Anyway, moving on. I know you like audiobooks. So what books are you digging right now? Good question. Let me uh, pull it up right now. So I do a combo of audiobooks and real books mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So right now I'm reading this one. This is called Ooh. The Guest List. Okay. Is it so good? it's a murder mystery novel, but yep. each chapter is told from the perspective of a different character. I'm writing this down. Okay. Okay. Oh, Lucy fun. Foley, The Guest List is the okay. name of the book. And you buy books so or go to the library? I found this one at the library and so it keeps flashing back and forth between like, they found a body at this wedding and then it'll backflash into okay. each character's story in each chapter. But they're telling the story in such a way that I don't know who died. Oh, I'm halfway through. I don't know who the murder victim is. And each character is just suspicious enough yeah. that any of them could be the killer. So I am usually pretty good at guessing the end. I don't yeah. know, man. It's like keeping me on my toes. That's so good. And you know, Christine, I really got into reading fiction when we were trying to get out of debt because I was like, I, well, I can't go on Instagram. I can't go on Facebook. I can't watch TV because everywhere I want to buy something. And then I learned that reading fiction, reading for six minutes can reduce your stress level by up to like 96%. It's ridiculous. Um, we're just reading a that, novel. Yeah. Reading fiction, how it calms your brain. Um, wow. it takes you to another like place, but in like a healthy way, like TV doesn't do that, but like reading engages your brain in a way that helps it to relax and like unwind. So that's awesome. That's probably why I'm so relaxed that I don't want to make my bed ever or get out of it. Or... <laughs> I don't make my bed and we're both doing fine. Right. So I think it's okay. doing just fine. <laughs> the kids are healthy and fed and all the bills are paid. We're good. 
Yeah. <laughs> Tom and I have been listening to Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. The mm-hmm. very first chapter is my favorite. He talks about powerful people and you're either a powerful person or you're a victim. And it has given us really good language to put around interactions that we have. Like, well, that doesn't sound like what a powerful person would say. And so that's been really good. Yeah. And then I really like by Lisa Turker. So these are both faith-based is forgiving what you can't forget. Like if you just have any things in your life, in your head that like, you're like, why can't I let this go? Or why can't I forgive this person? That is a, that's a really good book. I really like that a lot. I liked Burnout by Emily Nagoski, just talking about like the stress cycle and how you have to complete the stress cycle. And you probably do that a lot, Christine, because you work out a lot, like working out is actually one of the best ways to do it, but there's like seven other ways to complete it. And so we get caught not completing it. And that's where we just feel anxious and overwhelmed and stressed out. And so learning to complete it is, is really important. You said that I work out a lot, which is true. I'm training for a long race right now. So I'm between an hour and a half to two hours of workouts a day at the moment. Wow. And they're just going to get longer on the weekends. But I don't think people talk enough about the mental benefits of exercise. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's good for your muscles and your heart and, and your bones and joints and all of those things, which I'm not underselling. So I think that's important too, but man, do I feel clear in my yes. head? Like mm-hmm. I, I feel clear. I can think clearly. I actually do have more energy. I'm awake. Mm-hmm. Like I'm awake when I'm awake. And then at the end of the day, I go to sleep so easily Yeah. when you're, when your body's tired, like physically tired like that. Mm-hmm. I have never slept better than when I'm working out consistently. And what's so cool is that you don't have to train for an ultra marathon to get that. Like I just walk every day. (laughs) I just walk. And I crave that every day now because, and I try not to have like any inputs. Like sometimes I'll listen to a podcast or music, but for like at least the first 15 minutes, I'm like no inputs. Like this is my brain processing time unwinding and just like noticing nature, looking at, I remember one time when I really got into this habit, I would call my sister and I'm like, Diana, the clouds are different every single day. Like literally they are so different. And it was like, <laughs> it was so dumb, but it was like, oh my gosh, I have not been noticing any of this. And John Eldridge in his book, Take Your Life Back, he'll say that we have to get out in nature because it puts things back in perspective. Like our problems feel so big when we're in our house and we're like this with our phone in our face and it feels like everything's going wrong and we've been on social media. So we're kind of amped up anyways. And it's just like, is anything going right? Like everything's wrong. And it's like, you get outside and you're like, the clouds are huge. It helps to bring things back into perspective. Like trees, wow. Like these trees have been here for decades and decades and look how big they are. Like they have seen so much. They have been through all these storms, you know, and it's like amazing how that time puts things back in perspective. And it does, it clears our mind. It reduces our stress. So I agree 1000%. You don't watch TV much, do you? I don't. It stresses me out now. Now that I'm aware of how my surroundings impact me, TV, social media, like I really have to work to limit, like I work at limiting my social media. Like I get drawn Mm -hmm. in just like anyone else. Again, it's meant to be highly addictive, but I just notice if I'm starting to feel like, ugh, yuck, amped up, anxious, whatever. I'm like, okay, get your phone out of your face. Like don't watch the next Netflix thing. Like it's too much. Like it's just too much. Like you, obviously I'm on social media doing a podcast right now, which is also social media, I guess. 
Would you consider that podcasts social media? are much more? Low. You think it's different? Yeah, I do think podcast. I I thoroughly enjoy podcasts, and they can help me relax. So okay. this is fine, Christine. We're you're so, fine. Oh, okay. So we're doing. <laughs> we're not getting sucked into the addiction right here. What's That's interesting right. is I just started teaching the 17 and 18 year old class Sunday school, which is really fun because they're like, they're all seniors. They're all about to move out. It's really, really fun. Yeah. So we were talking about how to keep your faith with the distractions of the world this last Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I told the kids, this was so funny. I was like, you know, how long have you had like one of these phones? And they're like, well, they've like, I've always known them to be around. They've Even if I haven't had one, my parents have had one my whole yeah. life. And I was like, yeah. I got my first phone in 2012, my first smartphone. Yeah. 2012. And I was like, what year is it right now? 2023. I was like, you guys, this device has been mainstream for 11 years. They were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't believe it had been such a short period of time yes. because the whole world kind of revolves around it now. Yeah. It's such a short time to do studies and have information mm -hmm. about how it affects us and our behavior and the way yeah. we think. And I've noticed that it's really easy to get addicted to, even as an adult, mm -hmm. you like, I'm like, yes, these chocolates aren't good for me to have multiple times right. a day. Right. Obviously. But I don't think that same way about my phone and all the apps, but I should, I feel the best when mm -hmm. I put it down, you know, have you ever mm -hmm. like been driving and you're at a stoplight and you're like, Oh, let me just see what's on my phone while I'm waiting here <laughs> bored. For two seconds, have you done that? right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, when yeah. you're picking up your phone at stoplights, you know you have a problem. Oh, no. Tom, just this morning, Tom was talking to me, and I just felt like he was talking a little slow. Like, I felt like I kind of knew where he was going with it, and he could have got through it a little quicker. And I'm, like, almost reaching for my phone. And I'm, like, oh, my gosh, Tom. Like, what are you doing? And it's, like. <laughs> In the middle of a conversation. It's right. so crazy. They're highly, highly addictive. Yes. That being but said, so again, go watch like, Don's YouTube nothing... channel. <laughs> Yeah, 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 right. But that's, it's good to know that, like, again, all of that is meant to be addictive, right? Like, you are right. being preyed on. Like, so it's helpful to know that there's nothing wrong with you that you're addicted to your cell phone. Like, we all are. But then the next step of being like, okay, but now how do I rein it back in? <laughs> I know you like, I don't know if routine's the right word. You like your simplicity in the kitchen. I know that. Mm -hmm. So the people that watch me are very into the food. They like the recipes. Okay. They like the food yep. in SPO. Okay. So yep. since you don't love to cook quite as much as I do, what are maybe like two, three family favorites? You love them. You all love them. They're easy to make go-tos. Yeah. For us, like quick and easy would be like chicken tacos where you just like shred up chicken. So I am big into like, okay, if I'm going to cook a whole chicken or a whole big thing of chicken breast, then I'm just going to cook it all. Like I'll batch cook the meat and then make it into other things. So I'll make it into like chicken tacos, chicken chili, enchiladas. What else do we make it? We'll do barbecue, shredded barbecue chicken on sandwiches or on baked potatoes. So I do, I have learned for myself, like batch cook the meat, cook up a bunch and then just use it up throughout the week. So chili tacos, those are like staples <laughs> for sure in our house. And for me, because I don't enjoy cooking, I just have to have a very small meal rotation. And so I don't go on Pinterest looking for recipes. I don't go on all recipes like, oh, I have chicken and onions. What should I make for dinner tonight? Like I just have a very standard and I've had to get past the idea that my family needs to like love it every night and I need to try new things. And like, there's some days where it's sustenance and like, if you don't like it, make your own thing, you know? So I had to get over that, what you call fantasy self about arts and crafts, mm -hmm. DIY yeah. stuff. 
Like I grew up in a culture as a young mother where all the women got together and they would do vinyl signs and they would do scrapbooking and they would do all arts and crafty. They would make bows, like homemade Mm -hmm. bows for their daughter's hair. Or like they would sew these skirts together. And I always went because I wanted to be social and I wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I hated it. But what I've learned is I can be a really awesome mom without doing Play-Doh projects and kinetic sand in my house. Yes, absolutely. Like, don't even ask me to make slime. Like, I'm not in, I'm not there for that. (laughs) I'm anti-slime. I will not make homemade Play-Doh. I won't even make homemade laundry detergent. No. Oh, no. Been there, done that. Like, no more. That is, uh, that's not my game, man. Right. (laughs) So are you saying you can be a good mom without cooking all these crazy things from Pinterest? Is that what you're saying? I, I am, absolutely. And I think actually most of us feel like better moms as we get our houses to the right inventory for us and in this season. Mm-hmm. Your kids should be able to pick up their toys on their own. So match the inventory of toys to their level and their capacity for picking stuff up. Like match your meal rotation to how much time and energy you have to put into it. It feels counterintuitive, like what you get rid of all your stuff and now you like cooking and you're, I don't know, and your kids are happier and you're happier and all this. Like, again, that goes against everything we've learned, but I can't believe how much getting rid of our stuff has made me actually feel like a better mom and a better wife and a better friend and, and a better, you know, business, whatever person too. I've noticed for me when I've been decluttering, the two things that changed my life the most were the kids' toys and the kids' clothes because the kids were... Like it didn't even fit in their drawers. Yeah. And I felt like they had enough drawers and we were doing laundry like every other day and they could never put it away. They were capable. They're like 10, 12, 14. They're capable, but they won't. So we just pull everything out. And I was like, why do you have 12 pairs of shorts? Right. That's ridiculous. Especially Mm -hmm. for a boy. Like, yeah, that grows every three months. And you have to get it grows every three months. Like why do you have 25 t-shirts? You could wear a different Mm t-shirt every day and you don't have to do laundry for a month. Like that's ridiculous. So that was quite freeing. And the fact that the kids really don't need toys. Yeah. Again, marketing, marketing just says, if your kids aren't happy, you don't have the right toys, better toys, fancier toys, more expensive toys. Right. And then there's also a lot of peer pressure. I found toys bring up a lot of emotions in people. And I've heard it all from like, you're depriving your kids, you're neglecting them, you're abusing them because you've limited their toys. And so there's a lot from our own childhoods that we bring into it. There's peer pressure, but all of the research supports it, that kids need very few toys, that they thrive in simplified environments. They will be less anxious. They will have better people skills. Your kids will get along better with each other. They'll play longer on their own. They'll be more creative. They'll be more intelligent. They'll be more articulate. I mean, it's remarkable how their brains develop when they're engaged in creative play, which involves them using their own imagination to create their play, not us shoving all these toys that make noise and light up and, and all of that in their faces. I have not looked at any of the research on this topic, but I have four kids who have yeah, had toys and it. also mm-hmm. not have toys. And I can just mm-hmm. tell you from experience, yep. like what I have seen with my eyeballs, they do better with fewer options, fewer distractions because they're allowed to be creative. They do get along mm-hmm. better. It's everything yeah. you're saying is absolutely true just from what I've seen. And I know a lot of moms too will ask, well, like, well, what if my kids have ADHD or autism? They especially thrive in those highly simplified environments. And it can be like, it's a lot of work. Like, don't get me wrong. Like it's, it takes work. It often feels like, well, what will my kids think? Will they understand? But there's definitely ways. I mean, search toys on my YouTube channel. Like there are strategic ways to go about it. And honestly, 
I hear so many moms say like, well, I'm more attached to the toys than the kids are. You are probably building it up to be something in your head that it's not even <laughs> going to be. Our kids will just bring toys now. They're like, we can donate this. Oh, we'll give this away. And I'm like, you just got that for Christmas. You know, <laughs> like they're not, they don't have the same attachment like that we did to our stuff growing up. They are overwhelmed by their stuff too. Let's talk about your Facebook group because I know you love it. <laughs> so for those that don't know, Dawn has a private membership Facebook group for mm -hmm. a minor fee. Yep. So if someone were to go check it out, what would they find? Yeah. So it's $11 a month, but we do guided decluttering in there. So like right now for February, we're doing a bag a day challenge where your goal is just to fill like one shopping bag of uh, stuff to trash or, or to donate. And so we just do things like that. Like I have a video every day, Monday through Friday, where we just talk through what hangs you up and give you these little challenges create accountability to help with motivation. And it is the coolest group of people on the internet. Everyone is so kind and supportive. And again, not everyone understands. Like if you're like, wow, this all sounds so good. Like I want to declutter my house. I want to get out of debt. Not everyone in your context is probably going to understand what you're doing. Not everyone in your household will probably understand what you're doing. And so it's really good to have a group where we can stick together, support each other, remind each other why we're doing what we're doing, and then celebrate with people as they get stuff out and hit these milestones. It's, it's so much fun. So I've been in the group and I'll, I'll agree with you. They are the most supportive, the most kind, like it's mm -hmm. a really, really positive environment, which I think is quite a tribute to what you have created. So I think you've done a great well, job at you. cultivating a supportive group like that. I'm really impressed by it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. I know you said you're not into the cooking so much, but I ask everybody at the end of your life, last meal, what do you pick? Oh, um, like you can like, have anything, oh, anything. Yeah, it would be, this is easy. Like a really good cheeseburger that has jalapenos and all the toppings, like just loaded with everything and like some really good fries with ranch and ketchup. And I would, I'd be good to go. <laughs> Literally, literally. You sold me. I think I need to go out for a burger for lunch today. <laughs> I know. Now I'm kind of hungry too. <laughs> totally. Okay. Someone is at the very beginning of their declutter journey. They finally said, I have too much. I can't handle it. I need to start. I'm scared to start. What, would you, what advice yeah. would you give them? Yeah, I would start in the kitchen because we use our kitchens so much and then you can use like a time will tell bin. So you can take like a Rubbermaid tote or an Amazon box and ask yourself the question, have I used this in the past year? And if you haven't, but you're not quite ready to donate it, just throw it in the time will tell box and then put the date on it and revisit it again in like three to six months and just see if you've missed it. Because we want to test out like having a streamlined kitchen. And so we got to move stuff out to be able to test it out. And I think what you're going to find is that it's so nice having that extra space in there and you don't actually miss the stuff that you put into the box, but it's a really good safe in between as you build confidence in yourself and your decluttering decisions. And I kind of said at the beginning where everyone can find you online, but if I missed one, where can everyone find you? We spend the most time on YouTube and otherwise you can find me at theminimalmom.com. Okay. Thanks so much, Don, for joining me today. Thanks, Christine. This was super fun.